This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Kelly Henderson, and you're listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. This week, my guest is my friend, Caroline Hobby. Caroline is both warm and kind, but she is also very real. We sat down to talk about why she started living her life from the truth and how that's changed everything. She also tells me how she found love after years of being terrible at dating and how their love has now expanded into a family. We're both currently extremely tired and hormonal, so this conversation brought lots of raw emotion and even some tears. However, it also brought many insights into what we are both truly wanting to bring into this world and how each of our podcast conversations are helping us to do it. Here's Caroline. Okay, so I told you before, but I want to talk about why you came to Nashville. I came to Nashville to be a country and Western singer. Is that what you wanted to do forever? Well, kind of, yes. I wanted to be... In entertainment. I grew up in Waco, Texas, and I wanted to, I mean, I would have done anything, like acting, modeling, singing, too short to model. I did go to Model Search America when I was in like junior Oh my God, I forgot about Model Search America. Yes, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Well, you're pretty enough to model. I mean, I just wanted to get in to the entertainment industry. Whatever it was. Yes. And so when I was in junior high and high school, no, junior high, I went to Model Search America, Mm -hmm. didn't pan out. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did they say you're too short? I think so. I mean, yeah, yeah I never really made it past like the open yeah. casting call. <laughs> so you were like, okay, what's my second option? Second option. Then I would sing in church. I was in choirs okay. and I always had like a good, solid, strong voice. Not like Carrie Underwood or anything, but like, you know, but who like, does really? Right. I mean, that's like another level of voice. I was like, we can make this work. We yeah. can do this. Okay. So I worked on it, took singing lessons, tried to take guitar lessons, never learned guitar. Although I took guitar lessons since I was in a junior in high school and I never learned how to play guitar. What was it? It just wasn't sitting right? It just didn't. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I don't know what it was. And then I tried to learn mandolin, learned it terribly. Could like <laughs> kind of beat around on a mandolin a little bit. Um, but yeah, so moved to Nashville. I was like, I'm going to sing. Because then I got into show choir and choir okay. and I started performing in high school and I really loved performing and singing. And so I was like, I'm going to Nashville. 
So that was the plan when you came here. Mm -hmm. Did you immediately get set up with Stealing Angels or was it like a time? Okay, so what happened? So I went to college at Belmont. So that's how I got. My parents were like, okay, go to Nashville, but like go to college. You still have to go to school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I went to college, majored in music business in English, and I started interning all over Music Row. Started interning for Victoria Shaw, who's a hit songwriter. She wrote The River for Garth Brooks and uh, Nobody Wants to Be Lonely for Christina Aguilera and Ricky Martin. And she wrote some other stuff for Garth Brooks. So she got me like involved with the songwriting community started writing songs and then randomly um jennifer wayne who's now in runaway june yeah uh moved to nashville and she moved into a house that she found on craigslist and she moved in with one of my best friends okay and so i met jen like the first day she moved here and she moved here to do music and i was pursuing music and we both were like kind of nervous to be doing it on our own so we're like let's form a duo yeah so we formed a duo we started singing around and then she was John is John Wayne's granddaughter, so she was hooked up with like CAA, a big agency, and we kind of got this reality show going. Where we're we gonna do a reality show based on our heritage? Because I'm distantly related to Daniel Boone. I was gonna ask you, what's the connection with Daniel Boone? Yeah, uh, we dug it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> then we had they were like, "This is a great idea, but you need it to be a little stronger. Can you find another legacy? Yeah, child. So we found Taylor Lynn, who's Loretta Lynn's granddaughter. Yeah. And so then we had Loretta Lynn's granddaughter, John Wayne's granddaughter, and the descendant of Daniel Boone. <laughs> descendant. <laughs> I was real. Daniel Boone, everyone's related to Daniel Are Boone. Are we? I, mean, I think so. He's like a forefather, isn't he? No, I'm Basically. Just <laughs> but so it was a stretch. It was but a stretch. Did the show happen? We almost made it. We got like to the final stages in, on TLC. Yeah. And then it just never panned out. Uh. But then after the show didn't pan out, we're like, you know what? we're going to stay a trio because we were so much stronger together. And then we became a trio and then the show went away, obviously, but we stayed stealing angels and that's how we created our little music group. So were you guys on the road? Like y'all had a record deal, right? Paul Worley, who produced the Dixie Chicks, started a record label for us and we ended up partnering with Sony and we were on the road nonstop, like on a radio tour constantly. And we just were touring in a tour bus. We went to Iraq. We did a U- USO tour. Um, it was awesome. Full deal. Full deal. So fun. We had three singles on the radio. Yeah. Two made it to like, one was like, made it to 48, which is not great, but we cracked the top 50. Yeah. And then it just started falling apart. Like what happened? Taylor, uh, we were on our third single. It wasn't doing well. Um, our, we had a private investor cause we were half independent, half with Sony. Like Sony was our distribution, but like our main label was independently backed by this guy. Yeah. And so we were on our third single, wasn't doing well. Kind of, he was kind of getting tired of pumping in money. You know, you kind of get to that point where it's like, okay, is this going to work or not? Right. Like you had to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then, so and then Taylor ended up getting pregnant mm. and her, fiance lived in Seattle so she like moved to Seattle kind of just like it just all started crumbling yeah all at the same time all at the same time so then the investor kind of pulled out Taylor left for Seattle and then literally from one day to the next it was just over it was crazy we had devoted seven years of our life to this band and then it was just done and Jen and I were like what are we gonna do yeah like this was our whole plan we were both in our late 20s at that point and we had put all of our eggs in this basket we're like we're going 
Like I, I entered into like a panic depression. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, my life is over. Isn't that so interesting? I mean, I feel like I've talked to a lot of people in Nashville and what obviously we know of all successful people is the successful part. But I've heard every single person's story and there's a story like this. Like Same. you literally just think that you're done. Mm-hmm. So like, what did y'all do? I moved to Austin. Okay. I literally... Closer to home for you. Closer to home. I like had a breakdown. I was like, I cannot be in Nashville anymore. I ended up breaking up with my boyfriend of four years, who's now my husband, Michael. Oh, you guys... (laughs) Oh, we'll get to that later. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. We broke up. I just like... I had to get out. I just... The the walls were closing in on me. The Nashville. I was like, I cannot be here anymore. I can't breathe. I don't know what to do. I've got to just reset my life. Because truly, I had thought for my whole 20s, that this is what I was going to do. I'd gotten hooked up with Taylor. I moved here when I was 19 to be a singer. Got hooked up with Taylor in Jen when I was like 23 or 24. And now here I am at like 28, 29, and it's all crumbling. Why did you feel like you couldn't rebuild here in Nashville? I just didn't know where to start. And I thought like, okay, my shot is done. Like this was my one shot with music. And... I just didn't know how to even pick up again because we weren't going to be a trio anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a solo act. I didn't want to be a songwriter, just a songwriter. So like everything that I was putting it in was just this band. And now that the band was done, I like we Jen and I tried to get like another member and we like auditioned people and it just didn't work. And then like we didn't know who was going to sing lead anymore because mm-hmm. we didn't know if Jen, either Jen or I were strong enough to be the lead singer. But then I didn't want to have a new lead singer because I just was like, I still wanted to sing lead, but I thought maybe that was the reason we weren't working is because my voice wasn't strong enough. Mm. And so it just was, I just didn't know even how to exist anymore. So I was like, okay, literally I one day found myself on my knees, like hyperventilating, like what the hell am I going to do with my life? And I heard this voice in my head to me. I feel like it was God. I don't know what it was, but it just told me Austin, like, screaming in my head Austin and I picked up and I moved to Austin the next day you kidding no (laughs) next day basically like within the next week (laughs) what Uh what'd you do in Austin my sister lives there okay my niece lives there so I taught school music at a little school uh, music classes and it was really sweet and I stayed there for a year and just kind of like reset yeah but it was kind of intense. Like, the, I yeah. don't feel like I would ever have to go that extreme again if my life fell apart. That's like a 20 something move, though. The extreme. It's like the first time yeah. It fell apart. Yeah. Now it's fallen apart so many times that I'm like, okay, we'll, yeah. we'll rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> it's we'll fine. We'll start over tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> but you know that first time when you invested oh, yeah. so much of your life into something and oh, it yeah. crashes and you're like, how do I live? I yeah. can't. Well, also, I think when you're younger, you expect things to work out. Mm -hmm. Like, I just remember thinking, like, this is just going to work out because this is what I want to work out. And then I realized, like, life doesn't work (laughs) that way. So it totally makes sense to me that you would panic. Uh So how did, because you lived in Austin for a year, which I didn't actually know that. Mm -hmm. But did you come back? Yes. And then is that when Amazing Race happened? So I was living in Austin and I hit another wall. I was like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. I could just feel it. I love yeah. Austin, but it just wasn't, wasn't, there wasn't the entertainment industry that I was looking for there. Although there's a great music scene, it's like a live music scene. Yeah. It's just totally it's different. such a great vibe, but it just wasn't, I knew it wasn't where I was supposed to stay. Yeah. And so Jen and I randomly got a call from our agent and I guess I had been in Austin like six months maybe. And he was like, Amazing Race is looking for two country singers. Do y'all want to do it? 
And we're like, yeah, we both have no idea what we're doing with our lives. Like, please, yeah, can we go race around TV. the world on a reality show? So we kind of just got to like hop right through and we made a video and then we got on the show. Do they pay you to be on Amazing Race? No, you just get paid based on what place you get. Oh. So we got, we did it two times. We The first time we got fourth place. Okay. And you get, how much do you get for fourth place? I know you get 25000 for second place. You go from a million dollars to 25000 And we got second place when we went to All-Stars. We lost by four seconds. So we oh. went from a million dollars to $25,000. That would be some life-changing money right there. I know. So, okay, how do you take off, like, I can't imagine taking off that much time. Like, how did you live? Did they so pay for you to do the show? Okay. No. I mean, like, to do, to Mm-mm. live? Mm-mm. So what had happened was I had moved back to Nashville. Yeah. Because Jen, how did I move back to Nashville? I was up here visiting Jen. So like, did you have rent? And we, yes. And we were, I was actually working as a song plugger. I'd moved back to Nashville. I'd got offered a job after I lived in Austin. I got offered a job as a song plugger. So I moved back to Nashville and they let me like take a leave of absence. (laughs) For a month, month. you said? Okay, it's not as long as I was thinking. I was thinking it was longer. And then Jen had a publishing deal. Okay. So So she she could support herself. So she could, yeah. So she just didn't write for a month. So we kind of had flexible situations. You have to have a flexible situation. That's what I was going to say. I don't know how anyone does. Or like, I always wonder that about like people in The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. Because you don't get paid to do that kind of stuff either. Mm -hmm. Dang. I know. So first round, y'all got fourth place. Fourth place. Missed by four seconds? No. That was just, all stars. Yeah. And then second time we did it, we got second place and lost by four seconds. Oh my God. The torture. But it was so fun. And it was such an amazing opportunity to travel the world. We went to 20 countries. What was your years. favorite part of the whole thing? You know, seeing the seeing the world and realizing that like we're all the same. Everyone is kind of going for the same thing in life. You're going for just like a purpose mm-hmm. and it's your family and friends and you know, it's not that much different. Like people live differently, but everyone really wants the same things. And, and I also realized that people are really good and kind and generous. And there's a lot of great people out there that will help you. And it's just, we're not so different, you know, Yeah. in the, like, I feel like also like we get so lost in, um, the busyness and love mm-hmm. life that it just puts in a perspective that like you can be happy doing a million different things. And there's so many different ways to go through your life and you don't have to do it a certain way. Yeah. What would you say, like, if you think you can be happy doing a million different things, what would you say you saw in people? Was it about like the people they were with that made them the happiest, the jobs they had, like what kind of things? I think that's a great question. Thanks. (laughs) You're a really good interviewer. (laughs) I think it is. I think it's, um, I do think it's like a state of mind and I think that it is involves, I think it involves community. I think you have to have a community of some sort or mm. or something, some like support people, system support of some system. kind. Yeah. And then have it, your purpose doesn't even have to be your job. I just think it's just finding joy in your, in your life. And I think yeah. that involves community really. And then if you do have a, a purpose that you like a job that you love, I think that's icing on the cake. But really the big thing to me, I think is just having a community yeah. that supports you. I think that's so true because if I think about my life, even 
that my job has become sort of my community mm-hmm. or like my people, you know, and I'm friends with all the people I work with and it makes the biggest difference, especially if you're traveling with people or, you know what I mean? I think you have to let people in, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think that that's another thing like I've learned with life. Like it's okay for life to be big and messy and it doesn't, you don't always have to get along with everyone and like you're not always going to see eye to eye mm-hmm. and you can show people your vulnerable parts and you can, you know, cry to your friends and your family and, that is really how you have a community is by letting people build you up and you build people up because we need each other to lean on. This life is too hard to do it alone. Oh my God. <laughs> Amen to that. You know? Yeah. You need your people. You do. Well, speaking of your people, you've, so you've been back in Nashville, you've done amazing rates, you've done all these things. And you said, I did not know that you guys dated before you left Nashville, but now you're married to Michael Hobby, who uh-huh. is, he's the lead singer of A Thousand Horses, uh-huh. right? Yes. Okay. It's, well, now I need to hear the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> so he is, we met when I, he was 21 and I was 24. Oh, so you're older. Okay. Puma, not a straight oh, cougar. Okay, 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 okay. Cougar's 10 years, <laughs> Puma's like five or less, okay? Okay. So, <laughs> I'm glad you said us straight. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we were, I had known him because he was in music. He moved here to do music when he was 18. Yeah. He always knew he wanted to do music. And um, I met him because we were working with like the same producer for a minute. And I saw him in the studio and like the first time I met them, he and his bandmates were sliding down the hall in their tube socks. <laughs> <laughs> like a little risky business situation. Yeah. They were just like wild, like yeah. fun loving rock and rollers. And like, that's literally the first image I have of them was in just like sliding up and down the hallway in their tube socks. <laughs> so were you like, that's the man of my dreams or kind of like, <laughs> could not. It's kind of like, um, they were fun, but I thought they were so young. Cause yeah. you know when you're in your twenties, like a 20 year old when you're 23 or 24 is disgusting. It makes the biggest difference. The biggest. That age biggest. difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm like, ew, I would never even consider yeah. dating someone that young. Gross. <laughs> ew. Ew. So no, I didn't even think of it romantically. And then, although I was boy crazy. You were? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, goodness. I just loved boys. I wanted to make out all the time. I was looking for love. I mean, I was like a boy crazy person. Were you a make out bandit? Make out bandit. Yes. <laughs> yes. So were you dating a lot? I don't know if it was dating. I mean, I didn't know how to date. I was a terrible dater because I, so, I was so nervous to let people in that okay. like, I was like super scared to like show people who I really was because I'm like, yeah. oh my God, then they're going to see the real me and they're not going to like me. Because in my 20s, you know, you're just so insecure, oh, yeah. not willing to share who you are. And I just yeah. like, I hadn't, I hadn't done my therapy yet. I hadn't really yeah. gotten to the core of my issues. So yeah. I just had all my issues, my insecurities and all that. And I was like, oh no, I'm just going to be mean to people and see if they will fight through it. So I was kind of like a hard ass to, to guys, which oh. is not cute. It's just dumb, you know? <laughs> but did some guys like that? I mean, well, okay. So then what happened? Not really. It didn't really work out for me. <laughs> I think a lot of guys probably thought I was crazy. Yeah. Um, but then with Michael, what happened with him was I never really romantically thought of him because he was younger. And then one night we were, I was out at Tin Roof because I used to go to Tin Roof all the time. Wow. Bar in Nashville. Oh, yeah. And it was like the hot spot oh, for a minute. Hot spot for yeah. a minute. I mean, it's still hot. I mean, I guess it's still hot. I go yeah. in there now and everyone's so young. I feel like the oldest person alive when I go are. in that bar. Yeah. <laughs> They're all like 21. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm their same age. No, I'm like no. 15 years older than all of you. Yeah. At least. 
terrifying. It's like actually sad when you go in, like you feel like that pathetic person. <laughs> yes. I haven't actually been in, in maybe over a year. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, so there was this guy there. He was trying to flirt with me and he was like uh, weirding me out. And I saw Michael. He was there with a bunch of his friends and I was like, oh my God, I know you. So I was like wanting him to like help you out, help me out. Uh-huh. And then we ended up talking and he was so fun and charismatic and I'd had enough drinks by the end of the night and I was like getting ready to leave and he didn't come with me. And I was like, <gasps> I went back for him and I'm like, are you not going to walk me out, out to like my cab? And he ended up did. He walked me out there and I was like, well, I mean do you just want to like come home with me? We didn't, I was a, I was a good girl. Like I was a prude, but I used to like, I wanted him to like shack up and spend the night. And yeah. So he came snuggle. home, snuggled, spend the night. And the next day I woke up and I was like, Oh my God, like this was not someone I was thinking that I wanted to be with, but his, he just made me feel like I'd always wanted to feel his conversation was so funny and charming. And he was so easygoing and had such a great attitude that we just started dating that day and we dated for four years. Never broke up. And then you literally just moved to Austin? Yeah, because I was an insane person. God, <laughs> Michael loves me. Like, I, poor guy. <laughs> like, we really, we say we went through it on our front end. And so now, like, our second half, like, we had a two-year breakup. And then, then we eloped in the Bahamas after four months of being back together. And our marriage has been great. Just easy. Because we've already dealt with all of the crap. You know, we, like, went through all the things in mm-hmm. our 20s together. And now it's like, okay, we know, he knows my crazy. And now I'm really not even crazy anymore. It's like I worked it all out. Well, what you said you went to therapy. What was like the big takeaway for you? Especially with dating. We went to a therapist together. Okay. If anyone wants a great therapist in Nashville, um, Susie, and she's at the estuary. Okay. She's great. Is she a good couples therapist? Yes. She was a That's game changer like, for us. Don't you, have you done individual therapy? Yes. Isn't it such a different, because I did years of individual and I was like, I got this therapy thing down. Went to couples and it was like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. It's so different. Mm-hmm. And you learn so much about yourself in such a different way. It's so true. Yeah. So what did Susie teach you? She divided our personalities into three chairs. Okay. You have your wounded child. Yeah. Your middle manipulator and then your truth chair. And so your middle chair manipulator is trying to protect your wounded child. Okay. So whatever, and it doesn't even mean that like something terrible happened in your childhood. It's just whatever your personality has tucked away Mm -hmm. as painful moments in your life that you are insecure about, trying to hide, trigger something, whatever you've gone through that hurt you as a child Mm -hmm. that you do not want to crack open. And you don't even realize you don't want to crack it open, but you, you just don't want anyone to know. And it's like pain. Yeah. So that's your wounded child. And then your middle chair manipulator is doing every single thing it can to never let that, those wounds be opened. And then you have your truth chair sitting over here that's the truth that sees it for what it is and doesn't take any of it personal. So what we had to do was we had to explain how we were feeling about each other and the problems that we were having and how we were viewing our life and relationship. And we would have to, she would make us sit in the chairs that we're talking. Oh. So we'd have to, like, if I was like talking about something that I don't even, I can't remember what our issues were back then, but like, I would have to like, she'd be like, okay, you're speaking from your wounded child. So I'd have to go sit in my wounded child and I'd have to like analyze what that pain is and why I'm acting out that way and then I'd have to go sit in my truth chair and say what really 
needs to happen. So it'd be like your wounded child is where it originated. So yes. it might not, it might not have even really been about Michael. It wasn't. Probably ever. most times no. it wasn't. Yeah. Mm-mm. God, isn't that so interesting? Mm-hmm. I interviewed someone the other day and they said, um, we recreate all the old wounds or whatever in relationships. Like we subconsciously seek out relationships that will recreate those wounds, which I think is so. Because right, it's comfortable. I guess, yeah, you're used to it. And I think subconsciously we're trying to heal the old wounds. So if and you're, you're not, hoping someone will come mm-hmm, around and do it differently. Do it differently. But really, it's the same pattern. Totally. So unless you start doing your work, like what you guys did, you'll probably just repeat old patterns over and over and over. So you love therapy too. Love therapy. <laughs> I think everyone needs to go to therapy. Oh my God. It's for me, I'm like, when I hear people being like, I don't need to go to therapy. Like I'm not messed up or whatever. I'm like, it doesn't have, nobody, you don't have to be. And we're all like, affected by whatever it was like you said it doesn't have to be some traumatic terrible thing but your experiences shaped you yes so just go talk it out talk it out I Mm. know so it helped y'all to do I love that three chair thing how would you get to your truth chair did you have to just feel so safe because when you actually sit in your in your wounded child or your middle chair manipulator and you're realizing what your middle chair is doing to protect your child, your wounded child, when you actually have to sit in those chairs and like say it out loud, you realize that it's not the truth. Yeah. Because it's, it's just, um, it's not, she, it's not uh, calm. She said anything urgent is not real either. Ooh, that's good. Like if it feels urgent, it's not real because the truth is always the truth. It's always the truth. Like there's no urgency with the truth. So it's like, if you feel like, I don't know if you just, if there's crazy energy around what you're saying, then it's not the truth. Cause the truth is calm. The truth is just what it is. Mm-hmm. And so what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> she just had a baby, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> a pregnancy brain, a baby brain. So badly. You've done it really well. I'm very <laughs> Poor Kelly shows up in my house. I have on socks, <laughs> over stretch pants. I have on a shirt that I, I slept in this outfit last night. I actually wore that. this outfit last night. Slept in it. I have milk. Your throw up milk. says manifest that shit, which is also awesome. <laughs> and then I have Dazel, David Hasselhoff on my other oh. shirt. I'm just like really cute killing the game these days <laughs> now I can't even remember what I asked you I don't either I'm sure it was a great question. I'm sure it was great too but we'll just keep <laughs> basically go therapy yeah go to th- oh how do you get to your truth chair but oh. you just said because basically you're realizing that it wasn't even about that person or that it's dumb yeah. or- and once you're sitting in the other two chairs and you realize that you're acting a spaz you're yeah like, and then you have to go sit in the truth and she makes you tell you what the truth is you have to, even if you don't know what the truth is and you reluctantly don't want to give into it you finally figure out what the truth is and yeah. she'll help you get there but you know it because mm-hmm. it's like the truth isn't urgent the truth isn't angry the truth isn't ru- like a spaz the truth yeah. isn't afraid right the truth is just calm and knowing mm-hmm. you know and so to get to that place you the other two chairs aren't there. So if you're feeling anything but that, then you're not in your truth chair. Then you know it's not the truth. Mm -hmm. God, that's a good one. That's good. Doing some therapy talk on here. Heck yeah. Um, Well, so that obviously says a lot about how you and Michael got to the place you are now, but let's talk about Sunny since we just talked about the baby. So how old is she now? She's eight weeks. Two months. Eight weeks? No, yeah. Nine weeks tomorrow. She's two months old. How has it been? It has been amazing. Yeah. I wanted a baby so badly. Yeah. So it has been, I, and I had her when I was 36 years old 
And so mm-hmm. I feel like I had tons of yeah. mother friends to look up to. Yeah. I've never been one who's wanted to do anything first. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to like pave the way. Yeah. I want to see people pave the way. I want to study, learn, analyze, talk to them. I think that's why I podcast and interview people because I want to know people's stories so I yeah. can like figure things like, out. Like take the little pieces you like and use them. Yes. Smart. Because I'm just like, the world is so big and overwhelming to me that yeah. I'm like, I need guidance. Yeah. So parenthood always freaked me out, although I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I just, I wasn't ready for a long time. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. And you I was like, it. oh my gosh. And we had, it was a long journey for us. We tried for a year and had a miscarriage and mm. a chemical pregnancy. And like, I just never knew how emotional the journey was because you, you literally try your whole life not to get pregnant. Right. <laughs> and no, then, literally. <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden you're like, want it. And, and it's yeah. like so hard to yeah. get pregnant a lot of the time. Some people would get pregnant first try. It's easy yeah. breezy, but that just wasn't how it was for us. And so it was really emotional, really like, um, it was a really hard year, but it gave me such gratitude and appreciation for, for the gift of Sunny and being yeah. able to carry her and have her and be able to get pregnant. Cause I don't know if I would have appreciated it like I did. Cause I would have just thought it was easy and it's just not. And it's such a miracle. Did you have to do shots or anything? No, we were about to have to probably, we our gynecologist was like, okay, you're 35 at the time. Right. We've been trying for a year. I had done a round of Clomid, which is a fertility mm-hmm. drug that like helps you ovulate more. And we had gotten pregnant and then miscarried. And then <clears throat> she was like, your body really needs a break now because it's been through so much and like just so many things. And so we just kind of like took it off the table for a while. We're like, okay, we can't even get pregnant. Like we gotta, gotta take a, at least like three months off and I stopped like checking my ovulation because yeah. I was like on on a clock like checking my ovulation like trying to make it happen and I do think that stress does not help no I know but and everyone's like don't stress but it's like how would you not you don't want to stress and then all of a sudden like when it hasn't happened it hasn't happened then like because in the beginning it wasn't stressful it was yeah. great and then all of a sudden, like six months it happened we'd had a chemical pregnancy it wasn't What's that it's where you get pregnant early and it doesn't stick so okay. it's like five weeks okay like you'd never like um it never implants into okay. your uterus but you'll get a positive pregnancy test mm. so it's like it has the sperm and the egg have connected but they just don't implant into your uterus yeah so how did you figure out that that went away because i took a pregnancy test and got a positive and then i started my period like a week later Ugh. i know it's so sad it's really Ugh, the mind part of that. I mean, like it makes the emotional, me emotional part. Thinking about it because like, yeah. you just want it so badly. But I mean, there's just a bigger picture to it all, you know? And that's the one thing that I have learned already with parenting is like, it's such a, there's, you got to have faith with, like, with having a child, with the whole process, because it's just so much bigger than a human and we can't control any of it you know mm-hmm. all you can do is just try to be the best parent you can be the best mom you can be but like Sunny's her own person she's on her own path and I'm just here to help guide her I got she's not mine my possession or or anything for me to like hoard I just have to help guide her you know and it's just like learning that so quickly I think with the process of getting pregnant it made me release control kind of early so I'm grateful for that and I think just when I did get pregnant, 
I had a lot of anxiety during my pregnancy because I was so afraid of miscarrying the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I wouldn't have had anxiety, but it's just so hard. Your mind is so, it's so crazy what the mind will do. You know, especially like once you've like lived through something, it's like you keep replaying that fear. And so when she came, it was, and we had, um, when she like came into this world, it was literally the most amazing day of my life. And Michael's too, but like just meeting her and like knowing that like, she is the one that came here. And like, I, I kind of believe that she chose us to be her parents and that she wants to have this earth experience and that I get to be her mom and Michael gets to be her dad. And so like, it has just given me such a joy to be her parent and her mom and to get to walk this walk with her. So even though it's exhausting and I'm tired and I look like a hobo half the time, <laughs> I mean, literally I look terrible every day, but I'm just so grateful that I get to have this privilege because I know it's privilege and she's just the sweetest little thing and she's so cute and she smiles now oh that's oh, the best so to me when they start reacting that way yes she's a precious little thing if you know anything about me you know I am a massive creature of comfort it is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times so when I found cozy earth I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off, and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I was going to ask you how motherhood's changed you, but I think you just answered because does that transfer into the rest of your life too? It's sort of like a surrender, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I did, I started this little mom chat thing because now that I am a mom, I, I just have so many questions about everything and I, I don't know how to 
do any of any of that. I'm yeah, just never how like, would you? I didn't babysit. I didn't grow yeah. up around kids. Like I'm not like this like baby guru person. So it's been awesome to have the Instagram and like podcast community because so many people have so much knowledge about everything. So you yeah. ask questions and you get lots of great answers. Yeah. So I've been doing like a little mom chat. And one of the last podcasts I did was on our birthing story. And um, I said, someone told me that when you have a, a child, your heart literally is like on the outside of your body. Like it just, it makes me, I'm still like hormonal. I think I'm on, it's okay. I'm on hormones right now too because I'm freezing my eggs. So we're like crying together. Oh, that's so smart Thank you. to do that. Thank you. Thank Kelly, you. that's genius. Yeah. That's such a good decision. Thank you. Oh God. Yeah. I bet you're on hormones. Like, you got to give yourself shots. Not yet. I'm not to the shots. I'm on the pills, but I've literally been crying at the drop of a hat. Let's just cry. I know. <laughs> this podcast takes a turn. Let's just let it out. Everyone listening, Girl. if you need to cry, let's just have a moment to release those feelings. Oh my it's god! Such a purge. I, I mean, it truly cry. is. I know. I, I've literally just been letting myself do it because you oh, don't really have a have choice. To. It's like what's happening to you. What are you gonna do? You can't keep it in. No, you gotta let it out. And I feel so much better once I cry. Yeah, me too. It's like a release. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy for you that Thank you're freezing you. your eggs. That's a big decision. It's a big decision. It's been a long time coming. How'd you but, decide to do it? Um, I now you turned you turned this on me. <laughs> She's a podcast host too. It's obviously. all the same thing. Um, I just, I've been thinking about it for about a year and I just got to the point where I was kind of like what you're saying. I got to the place where I was like, no, I really do want kids. Like mm -hmm. the, the idea of the choice not being there anymore is what really made me have to, to look in the mirror and be like, do you want kids or not? And I do. And so, um, yeah, I had to just decide this was the best route for me at this point. And it's been sort of scary, but also kind of, you know, like powerful feeling and relieving at the same time. So I think that is so awesome Thank that you. you are just and it's going to give you such a peace of mind. I think so, too. And it's not going to make you like feel like you need to rush into a relationship. Right. Just, just get pregnant with right. someone who's like kind of feels exactly. like they're a good match, but like they're not really who you want to be your baby daddy. Right. You know, totally. It gives it took that pressure off because for a second I was like, I got to find a relationship and that just and have a baby. Yeah. And how do you date like that? Like <laughs> guys would be like, what? And also you're probably going to not end up with the right person. No, I don't want to settle. No. It has to be the right situation for me, and that's always been the case. So well, you're this a perfect gives 10, you... so you don't need to settle. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you need to just let it come when it's supposed to come. Yeah, it's just that's kind of been the, the deal for me, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm proud of you. Thank you. That's a big decision. Thank you. It's a big undertaking because you got to. It has been. So what is the process? So I started on these like pills first, and now this is disgusting. But I always, I just, I'm gonna tell everybody. But I have to do suppositories twice a day, mm -hmm. like vaginal suppositories, mm -hmm. which is disgusting. But um, I had to do that in in my pregnancy <sighs> with progesterone. Yeah, that's what I'm on. Oh, um, yeah, it makes me. That's the thing that's made me really weepy. I think. Mm. Like I literally, if someone, and this is of course like my busy season with Does it work. Make you tired too? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I've been really tired. Yeah. But I thought it was just because I've been working so much. <laughs> I didn't I even think about it. On it. But okay, so weepy. Makes sense. Weepy, maybe a little irritable. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I start shots December 6th. And is that two weeks of shots? Two weeks of shots. I feel like I might be a crazy the, person. In the belly? I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you go in and they retrieve the eggs. They just retrieve eggs. the eggs, whatever they can get. Yeah. So you go under. Uh-huh. Just stay so positive. Yeah. I'm trying it's gonna to be so great and it's going to be so worth it. And 
I always think when you feel called to do something, mm-hmm. It's the right thing. It's the right thing. It's like the truth. (laughs) It's the truth. It's that peaceful, like, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and although it kind of sucks, I'm sort of like... But it feels like, even though it sucks, it feels right. Yeah, and you're just like, this is a season, and you just Mm -hmm. do it, Mm -hmm. and that helps me to hear about Sunny and, like, Mm -hmm. you appreciating it, because I understand that. Like You will appreciate your journey, because you've had to go through a lot. And it's thoughtful. Like, Mm -hmm. you really had to think about what you wanted and how, you know, like how far you were willing to go to get it. And I think that that makes it even greater, probably. I think so. I think, honestly, anything that can give you appreciation in life, and I've realized a lot of times the appreciation comes from the hard pain on the front Mm -hmm. end, you know? Mm -hmm. And it sucks while you're going through it. And, like, I'm hormonal, you're hormonal, so, I mean, we're just going to maybe cry again. (laughs) But, like... (laughs) But it, like it sucks, like having to go through it, and yeah. it, it it hurts your heart, and sometimes it breaks your heart. <laughs> no, we're literally both <laughs> stopping. <laughs> I'm sorry. It does, like it can break your heart. But to get your heart broke open because you want something and you have so much love in your heart yeah. for something that you don't even know exists yet, like a child and a partner yeah. and all that, it's like you're willing to go through all this because you have this big spot in your heart for it and you know that you want it so much that it just like when you do get it, however it comes, because I believe that God will not put that desire on our heart if it's not going to come. So even if it ends up where you adopt kids or how are you right. foster children or however your family comes to you, I believe that wanting like having this strong desire and going through the fire for it you do like your love is so big and you have such an appreciation that you wouldn't have had otherwise I think I do too and I think that was for me like why I ended up just saying okay I just got to try this egg thing because even if I don't get a ton or even if it's not exactly the outcome that I want I knew that I had to try every avenue to have that piece of like that you did everything I tried and so maybe there is another route for me maybe it is adoption maybe I'll be a stepmom you know like mm-hmm. whatever it is but I do know that for me it was like I have to cross off all you know the things on the list to know that. that I did all my part mm-hmm and then we'll see what the universe has in store. Well, you're not someone who half-asses life, so you're I like, don't. <laughs> and you're like, you're not gonna take a shortcut, and you got to right. the point in your life where you're like, okay, I've hit this time period and this like line where I either I'm gonna do this freezing the yep. egg thing, or I'm gonna miss this chance. To totally, do it. you can't do it forever. And so you did it, and yeah. I love that about you, Kelly, because you. you're like, I'm going for it. Yeah, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> that's so exciting. I love how you turn this into a podcast <laughs> interview for me. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about the Get Real podcast, because this is what you do on your podcast. Everything is based on you just want the real conversations with people. Right. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about Get Real. I think it started because I um, I like I struggle with self-worth a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people probably do but I struggled with self-worth a lot in my twenties and I was looking for validation and just, I think that I always thought other people had life figured out maybe more Mm -hmm. than I did. And that people, there were like special people that like were just, they just had, they just had like this like fairy magic wand that had been placed on their lives and everything was perfect. Yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to get in the entertainment industry. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's where all the, special people are and that's where life is perfect you know 
and which is so not true <laughs> now that you're in it is like completely <laughs> effed up yeah. ghost no. <laughs> true though we're all like just looking for something <clears throat> there's amazing people here actually i think everyone in the entertainment industry is beautiful souls but um i started interviewing people and I got to know people's stories. And when you interview people, you get to ask all the questions that you mm. have ever wanted to know. And you're not a total creep for doing right. it. <laughs> you know? and so, right. You're awarded for your curiosity. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like all of a sudden I've had all these questions. My whole, There's a fly that is just circulating I us. Saw it. I mean, it is wanting to hang out <laughs> so hard. Um, it's probably trying to comfort us. All I these know. Tears. Like, Let me give you a hug full of maggots. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I started interviewing all these people that I thought were so just perfect and yeah. they started sharing their life and their journey and just what you said you've realized that everyone that you've interviewed just had like a breaking point or like a totally a moment where everything's falling apart and I just started realizing that oh my gosh like everyone is like this everyone has major highs and major lows everyone has insecurities they've had to overcome everyone has like major failures and like I started realizing I didn't have to be afraid of not being perfect Mm -hmm. you know and it was freeing and it just allowed me to actually start being way more real and share myself even more than ever because I had the opportunity doing all these interviews to really get personal and get to know people on a deep level and see that everyone is going through struggles and everyone has things they've had to overcome and, and like, no one has it figured out and no one has it figured yeah. out. So it's given me just like total release to be completely honest with everything. And I'm pretty much fine with sharing almost uh, pretty much anything because I'm like, everyone is going through this. Everyone mm-hmm. is going through personal things. Like I'm not going to try to be perfect because no one is. Mm-hmm. And that's not what helps me is hearing a perfect person a facade I want to no. hear the truth because I want to I want to know that we're all in this together and that I'm not yeah. the only one who's a total nut job it's the connecting piece like you talked about earlier when you traveled it's just like hearing people's stories that's for me when I'm like oh my god even what you just said I struggle with the same thing I sit here I look at you and I'm like you're a beautiful girl how did you ever struggle with self-worth you oh, know huge I mean I still struggle with me it. too all same. the time and people think you just if you are like working a lot or posting pretty pictures on Instagram that you don't have those struggles and it's just mm-hmm. not true but not it helps true. me to hear that I'm not the only one you know same yeah, yeah. what it's, have you learned from interviewing people um just how much I like to connect with people I didn't really know that about myself like I think I've done it my whole life just you know even being like in the hair and makeup and styling world that's what I do with my clients and I think that's why I've been with all my clients for as many years as I have Um, but I didn't realize that's what I was just loving about that job, you know, because I get to be so one-on-one with them. And then for me, it started on very cavalry because when I started talking about being cheated on or even hard to put that on a national TV show. Yes. I mean, cause also it's like, I guess it was still sort of embarrassing to me. Like I, I didn't really realize that, but I had canceled a wedding and done these things that, I didn't really advertise to people, you know, Mm -hmm. it's sort of maybe you were going to get married. Yeah. It was three months from my wedding. You canceled a wedding. Yeah. Cause you just felt like it was the wrong thing. Cause he cheated. And I was like, I can't start a marriage that way. I don't know if we'll be together or not, but you had to air that. I watched season one of very, this is season two. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I 
actually really love that show. I oh, think it, is there a season three? <laughs> there's a season three. Yeah. So you're still, it's still happening. Yeah. There's, there's still, it's still filming, but, um, okay. so yeah, like, so on, you put that on the show on season two, we talked, we had to talk about it cause people were like, why are you single? Like why? And I, for me, the dating journey has just been really hard after that. Like I've, taken I had to take a lot of time off of dating I, that's when I started my trust real issues. therapy oh yeah major trust issues and just like really looking into why I was getting in the relationships I was getting into and it probably like really hits that self-worth button like yep. why did this happen to me yeah, what's wrong with me exactly even though there's nothing wrong with you it had all, nothing to do with him. me there's that's what I know now mm-hmm. but that took me a lot of years to get to and so there was that and then just talking about the egg stuff and what that did for me though was being honest like you said it made me realize when people would message me or uh, you know reach out or when I run into people in the street and they say thank you so much for talking about that I'm going through the same thing or it's so nice to see a girl who I view as successful and whatever together yeah to hear that you're you know you have the same struggles as me like Mm -hmm. that was I just loved that and so that's what I've kind of put into my podcast is just like you said the curiosity stuff but also just connecting and isn't that like such a wonderful turning point to get to because I feel like for a long time I wanted to have a perfect image I wanted people to think I was put together I wanted everyone to think that I was like all awesome because I was hurting inside and I didn't want anyone to see that hurt. So I was like, I'm going to keep this all like looking so good. I'm so busy. Like everything's awesome. And then like exactly what you said, doing this podcast, getting to be vulnerable, having people be vulnerable with me and realizing that that is really where the impact is, is being real and seeing the response of people on social media, it's like turned my social media into a wonderful thing. Whereas mm-hmm. before social media, was, it, can, it can be a compare trap. Like you can fall through. Oh God, yeah. And like compare yourself. I still have to take breaks sometimes. Yeah. Because oh. I do that. I'll start, and you just forget this is people's best foot. You can't, it's yes. not the actual highlight life. Real. Highlight reel. But I feel like being able to share real stuff has really helped me view social media in a different way. Yeah. Because... I'll get tons of messages from women who are saying the same thing. Like, thank you so much for talking about that yep. in your podcast. Thank you so much for sharing about that because I'm struggling with the same thing. And I'm like, this is where it's at. This is how we use this for good. And now, do you feel this way? But I feel like I have, I don't want people to think I have a perfect life because it's all. fake. It's like, fake. That's just not real. That's not who I even. I mean, I think I still struggle with it, but it's not who I want to portray myself to be because I'm like, that's not a real person. Same. And that's not me. Exactly. So let's just talk about the real shit. That's how I feel. Yeah. Amen, sister. (laughs) Preach all day long. Well, so you can hear a lot of real shit on Caroline's (laughs) podcast, Get Real. And you mostly interview, I think you feel like you're branching out now, but it started with the wives of country musicians because that's something you can totally relate to. Mm -hmm. What do you find, like, what's the common denominator amongst all of the wives? I feel, well, I do think this is another reason why social media is great is because before social media, the wives of stars were just more photographed with them and you didn't really get to know who they were. You know, like they didn't have an opportunity to let their personality, their interests, their desires, their passions be known as much. I mean, still they could, but it wasn't just as seen, you know, because it would be more just like their famous husband and then they'd you team in a picture. The wife of mm-hmm. XYZ. Yeah. But now with Instagram, I feel like all of these women and anyone in general can have their own platform. 
and use it for their own messages and whatever they want to put out there. And I just feel like every single one of these wives, A, have beautiful hearts Mm -hmm. and they really want to use their lives to create, to better the world, to just spread love. They're all wonderful women, like whether it's rescuing animals, whether it's like starting a clothing company, whether it's like volunteering and helping children. Like it's like they all are doing something great with their lives. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's been so interesting to hear that story. And also they've all have struggles. Like every single one of them has struggles and they've had to like deal with so much in their own lives. And I just, I feel like it's just their perspective is so fascinating. It's so interesting because truly the woman standing by a man, whoever the man is married to, that woman is such a powerful person in his life. That is the most important person in that man's life. And so that's who he's going to sleep with every night. That's who he's telling all his deepest fears to. That's who he's bouncing ideas off of. That woman is amazing and Mm -hmm. she's influencing him so much. And it's like, who is she? What is her background and so just getting to know all these wives has been amazing and I think people are interested I totally think people are interested and I think it's cool because just like you said you always just looked at like oh the wife of so-and-so but like what you said about they're such strong women I mean I don't think maybe it's just because we see this but I'm not sure that everyone understands what it takes to be the wife of someone either so famous or so um, successful and busy yes like that is a hard job yes to keep everything running amongst a career like that you yeah. know I have all the respect in the world I for all the wives I think there's a really cool thing happening in country music in particular right now I can't speak for other genres but Something about what's happening right now is being married and having a family is super cool. Yeah, that's definitely right happening. Yeah. You know, it's like something and also and like, young. Yeah. I work with all the Lanco guys. They're all married and proud to be married. Yeah, totally. It's not like back in the day, like you didn't want to act like you're married because you got yeah. this like rock star persona totally. and like be single for the chicks. Right. But it's just not that vibe. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's with like the, the, the environment of the world, like the how women empowerment movement's been happening so much lately. And like, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like being married and like respecting your partner is such a cool thing. Doesn't that make music. a man so much sexier? So much. Sexier. I think it's just so much sexier. Oh, cause you're like, you're talented, you're hot and you actually love your wife and you yeah. want to like stand by her. Yeah. And like, show her off in all the ways like the playboys not so cute not cute because nah. who not wants a good to look. be married to that nobody i mean so you so you're a playboy and some girl you have like a hookup you get them for one night what good but is then that who do they do? have the next night yeah and like, you're just left empty like totally. that's not gonna fulfill any no. anything and then that guy he's not gonna commit to you no he doesn't want to be with you you don't want to be that's not who that's not the goal no mm-mm I love that. Well, you can hear these stories and more <laughs> on the Get Real podcast. Where else can people find you? Um, Instagram, Caro Hobby, C-A-R-O-H-O-B-B-Y. Caro <laughs> Hobby. That's a good name. Thanks. <laughs> and then also, you have a website, right? Oh, I do. I need to do things with it. I always feel that way. Me? I'm always like, I'm updating my website. I'm in a constant state of updating my website. <laughs> I used to like try to keep it up, but now... I'm like, how do I get, I need, I need an assistant. Yeah. You got to get an assistant. I want someone, this is my goal. Okay. Anyone listening who wants to be an intern. Oh, okay. Interns need, are amazing. Where do you find one? Uh, well, I got one at Belmont, but yeah. Oh, can you teach me how yeah. to get one? Yeah. I need someone. <laughs> but put your ad out. Let's do this. Here's my ad. Someone who knows how to 
do videos and can like shoot some YouTube stuff because I would like to just do a little bit of YouTube. All the young kids can do these things these days, by the like way. In their sleep. They it's like I feel like another that's another place I feel like a dumbass. I know. Yeah, it's like nothing to them. I'm like dial up internet over here. And they're like <laughs> over there to like just yes. Yeah. So you need someone to do videos. YouTube. I want to do like okay. little YouTube videos. Yeah. And then um I would blog. I can put blogs up. I just don't do it. Like if I could have an intern who could just mm-hmm. like, I'll write the blog if they could post it. Yeah. And then help me get little YouTube videos edited. And then uh, really that's it. And then help me link my podcast to my website. So email you at? CarolineHobby.com. Okay. C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E. We just did your ad. H-O-B-B-Y. Wait, at gmail.com. At gmail. At oh, yeah. hobby at gmail.com. If you want to be my intern, and we this, I'm talking like one day a week. I got a baby, so yeah, we got yeah. like a two hour window. Yeah. A day. Yeah. I'm not talking like much, and I'll help you however you want. I don't know what you're supposed to do, how you, what's the trade? You just like sign. For me, it was fill out this paperwork and then sign off that they're doing the work. Oh, yeah. So they need credit. My intern actually works for me now because she was so awesome. So it can See? be the start of a great relationship. Okay, guys. I'm super cool. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she is. You would be a fun boss. I mean. Maybe we'll cut back on the tears. Maybe we'll cry. <laughs> we'll work on that part. I just need a go-getter who can like hustle and get stuff done fast yeah. because I'm not trying to spend all day doing this. I'll give you all the credit you need. Yeah. You need like a million hours. I'll say you did it. Yeah. You only have to come over for a few. Don't tell your teacher that Don't part. tell your teacher as long as we can just knock it out. <laughs> Okay, well, so there's a lot of goals here. We're going to find Caroline an intern. You guys go listen to the Get Real podcast and check her out on Instagram at Caro Hobby. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, I just want to keep talking to you. I know. <laughs> we'll have to do another one. Yeah. We could just, hopefully, literally, we should do another one and not cry the whole time. Or maybe that's, maybe people will be crying with us. I, I have no idea. I hope everyone got a good purge of tears out today. <sighs> I'll probably go cry on my way home or something. Good. I know. You just got to get it out, man. Kind of a sad song and just let it roll. God. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. This is fun. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. This is Kelly Henderson, and you've been listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. I truly believe that every one of us has a little velvet and a little edge. So it's so important to remember that to be strong, you must be soft too. Thank you so much for sharing in those stories with me. You can follow Velvet's Edge on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as velvetsedge.com. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me every Wednesday for more conversations on lifestyle, beauty, and relationships. Thanks for listening. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.